Good morning, my dear friends. We're starting Chelek Tezayin today. Starting a new Chumash and a new Chelek in Lekutte Sichas, Chelek Tezayin. This morning we're doing Sicha Dalit on Shemais, and we are learning in the Schus of and begging the Abishas to send a Rafur Shlema to Henya Rivka Bas Bracha Devarelea and Arav Yosef Yitzchak Ben Simachasya. Um, this is a uh, short little, well, no, not, it's a short, powerful sicha. Um, and if you want to look at the Pesukim that the Rebbe references, so it's Perak Hey, uh, Pesukim Dalit, and Hey. Uh, so the context is, Moshe and Aaron coming to Pare to advocate on behalf of the Jewish people. And in, in Simon Aleph, the Pasuk by Yomar Lei Melch Mitzrayim, Lama Moshe and Aaron have free us on the mass of Lechulisiv Leisechem. So when Moshe and Aaron revealed, I mean, um, approached Pare, Pare uh, said to them in response, why, Moshe and Aaron, are you looking to distract or to disturb the people from their work? Get back to your burdens. Get back to your work. And stop, you know, stop, stop mixing in. Daiku Chazal, Chazal teaches, that we learn that when he said to them, why are you distracting? Why are you disturbing the system here? He added, go or get back to your burden, to your responsibilities. And it's specifically, specifically your burdens, your involvements. He was speaking about something that Moshe and Aaron are involved in. If you look earlier in the Pasuk, Moshe said to them, I mean, Pari said to them, Why are you distracting the nation from their works? So in the second part of the Pasuk, it doesn't say get back to the works in a generic um, fashion. Or to their burdens, stam. Generically, which is mentioned, which is mentioned in Pasuk Hey. When Pare says, by Yemer Pare, this is not in the Sikha, I'm reading from the Chumash, Pare said to them, Behold, the, your people are now many in the land. And you want them to take leave from their hard work? You want to disrupt my entire economy? Stop with your disruption. Hainu, so that specific term in sechem to your work, to your involvement, means that he wasn't sending them back to the backbreaking work that all of Bnei Israel were involved in. Muchach, it's it's proven that they were absolved from the Vedas Perach, from the, from the back-breaking work that the rest of the Israel were involved in, the shift of Shalevi, Ponu Haya Me'avodas Perach. 
because the tribe of Levi was absolved from this backbreaking work from Avodas Perach. Ubir Haramban, and the Ramban explains, that every nation, it was it was the acceptable kind of, you know, way in society that every nation would have its intellects that would learn their particular knowledge and would be the teachers. And therefore, as a matter of protocol, Pare had divided, had taken the Shevet Levi out of the rubric uh, in which he had put the rest of B'nai Yisrael, and he absolved them of the servitude. He understood Shevet Levi to be the scholars, to be the elders, shall B'nai Yisrael. And it is precisely this that Pare was intimating when he said, go to your responsibility, go to your work, go back into the ivory tower, stop disrupting. And go back to your role vis-a-vis the Jews. You're the scholars, you'll teach the Jews. But stop agitating and exercising in behalf of all of the Jews that they should go free. You go back, you go back to your work of teaching B'nai Yisrael and being their guides to the night, to the to the to the knowledge that they need, to their Torah. Claimed and advocated to Moshen Aaron, "Dai lachem b'zeh shehinchim piturim mishibud mitzrayim v'yichalim lumay tarev lamdes bnei Yisrael." You should satisfy yourselves. It should be enough for you that you are absolved of the servitude in Mitzrayim, and you're able to learn Torah, and you're able to teach bnei Yisrael. Umalachem gam lehis arev. And why are you mixing in? Why are you insinuating yourself into the, the comportment of, of the rest of B'nai Yisrael? And what you want to cause is that they should not be living life in conformity with the with the seder with 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 the protocols that I've set up here in Mitzrayim. It's enough. It should be more than enough for you that you're able to learn Torah, that you're absolved from the servitude, and that you're able to teach them Torah. And enough. Stop advocating for all of them to become free people and to be able to study, like mentioned, basically. Stop advocating for national literacy. It's not a thing. Seif Beis. Isa B'Zayar. The Zayar teaches, that the Egyptians were, they, 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 they contained, they, they owned a tremendous amount of, of knowledge, more than anybody else in the world. And on top of that, Pari was an intellect himself. 
And the Rebbe says that, in fact, Pare's claim, Pare's um, thought process was very logical. It was very logical within the rubric of 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 how the world looks at things. Why? Because because naturally speaking, logically speaking, according to the rules of nature, there was no way the Jews were going to be freed from Israel. And in fact, it's not just what other people thought. Like our, our tradition teaches, you could look on the bottom and see where this is cited in a number of places. That Mitzrayim was so tightly run that there wasn't a possibility for a slave to run away. It just, it wasn't a thing. The Yisera Mizu, and on top of that, more than that, the fact that B'nai Yisrael would not leave Mitzrayim also conformed with the with the celestial plan. Because as we learn, the original plan of Hashem was that Golis Mitzrayim should take 400 years. They weren't going anywhere. So what were Meishanara coming to turn over the whole Seder Shtalshlis here? And this is exactly what Pare said to them. What are you coming to change nature and to change the ways of God? Go back, stick your nose back into your books, into your particular work. Go, go, learn in the yeshiva. And leave the rest of B'nai Yisrael alone to do what is necessary for them to do in accordance with what's normal. And what was the answer to this on the part of Meshon Aaron? Ta'anas Pare. So the answer is, yes, it could be Pare. Your answer makes sense. It's sound logic, but it's an answer from Pare. It has nothing to do with Jews. It has nothing to do with B'nai Israel. It has nothing to do with who we are because we come from a different place and we're different. And the Rebbe says, and if Moshe and Aaron would have embraced this claim, they would have accepted this logical position. We would have, God forbid, lost the whole the whole thing of redemption. And this is well known. We know that the Geula had to come with great alacrity, very, very quickly, in a great hurry. Because the Bnei Yisrael would have been held up in Mitzrayim for even another nanosecond, 
heref ayin, like like the like the like um the, a blink of an eye. The Geula couldn't have happened. They had to get out of there. Live Royach. The Davgali Dezeshaloisha And it's precisely because they did not allow themselves to be swept up or sucked in to the very logical claim of Paray that the Geula was able to come. It's true that if you go according to intellect and you go according to logic, Pare's argument was sound. But we have to know that B'nai Yisrael are not limited by the normal parameters of intellect and the the conventional orthodoxies of the world. And therefore, So without looking at the fact that the Gezerah, the edict, was in fact that they should be in Mitzrayim 400 years, the redemption came many, many years before that, it skipped before the end that was supposed to be. Gimel. And what is the clear and obvious lesson for us? That a Jew shouldn't think. A Jew should never think, I'm learning Torah. I'm good. I've saved my life. I'm in a good position. And especially because I even teach Jews from time to time. I teach Torah to others. So why do I have to care so much about another Jew? If this Jew keeps mitzvahs, if God forbid the Jew doesn't, why should I care if he devotes his um his his resources and his capabilities to God or to What's When you devote your life simply to the temporal, to the physical, to the here, today, gone, tomorrow aspects of life. And the Rebbe says here in brackets, that we have to know that Gashmias in and of itself, when you lead a unidimensional life, just Gashmias, without the infusion of the godly aspect then it's like the building of the cities of Pare that were called Pisim and Ramses. Like it's explained in the Gemara, Ramses, the term Ramses insinuates that one by one these cities after being built collapsed. Pisaim, 
Pisaim alludes to the the issue, the fact that Rishon Rishon Pitaim Boiloi, that one by one after these cities were built, they were swallowed up in the abyss. Hainu Davar Sheinloi Kiyum. That when you have Gashmias, without it being infused with and vivified by the Or Eliki, by the godly light, then it has no kiyum. It it cannot, it cannot sustain itself. It collapses. It gets swallowed up. It has no staying power. It has no lasting power. Das, we have to know the Rebbe says, Shazu Haisa Hashkafas Paramelch Mitzrayim. This is the Hashkafa, this is the perspective of Pare, king of Mitzrayim. Sha'amar, this is what he was saying when he said to Mesh and Aaron, go, get lost. Go, go, go back to your involvements. It's enough that you're learning Torah. And what are you coming to me to lament the overall situation of other Jews? <laughs> what do you care? The Rebbe says, yes, that is the perspective of Pare. But that could never be the way a Jew comports himself. And that's why Moshe Aaron did not embrace his claim. And the Rebbe says, it's just like if you were to see a Jewish home on fire. Nobody would ever sit down to ruminate and postulate and think, should I be helping this Jew whose house is burning? Or even to start making all kinds of computations. Kate said, Why and how should I mix in in the personal life of another person? No Jew would ever say, God forbid, oh, well, their house is on fire. Oh, well, that's my Hashgacha Pratis. And that is what was, you know, decided from above. And who am I to mix in to God's machinations? Pashutu. Now the Rebbe says it's simple. Any person who would witness such a thing, nobody would start thinking and going into all kinds of intellectual debate if uh, the fact that there is a fire it conforms with this way of thinking or that way of thinking, no. The natural response to that is to run and see what you could do for, for the person who's been stricken. And if this would be the natural response when you're talking about physical, temporal life, life in this world,
how much more so when you're talking about everlasting life, when you're talking about spiritual life, when you're talking about the life after this world and the life in this world together. There is no place to start making to start making calculations and computations. But the only response is to do everything you can to save the other person from the abyss. Dalit. My father-in-law, said in the name of the Baal Shem Tev, that the obligation to love another Jew is not just vis-a-vis a Jew that you know. But the love has to be for a Jew that is found wherever they might be in the corners of the world. And the love has to be not stam, and you shall love with some type of parameter. You have to love them like you love yourself, which means in untrammeled fashion. Like a person loves themselves without any limitation. That's the kind of love a Jew has to have for another Jew. That the Magid um, expressed himself and he said, that I should be able to kiss a Sefer Torah with the same measure of love and to cherish it like my teacher, the Baal Shem Tov, loved and cherished a Jew. And the Fidik Rebbe added to this in the name of the Magid, if the Baal Shem Tov would have known when he was in this world how great was the effect of his bringing close B'nai Yisrael, like he knows now in the world of truth above, then his love for Jews and the way he cherished Jews would have been completely, completely different. Would have been on a, on a, on a completely different level compared to what it was already. And fulfilling the obligation of loving another Jew like you love yourself has to be expressed in a way that just like a Jew goes to his work 
meaning engages himself in the learning of Torah. He finds himself um, resting in the, in the tent of Torah. And in the tent of davening and doing mitzvahs. Cain. In the same way, he has to do everything that he can to effectuate, to effectuate the same result for, for other Jews. And because we have a rule, the Gemara teaches that Hashem never bothers us with tasks that we cannot fulfill. This means clearly that we have been given everything we need to be successful in this project of bringing all other Jews into the tent of Taira and Tefillah and Mitzvahs. So we have everything we need. We're fully equipped, fully loaded. We have all the resources. But we have to know that we are forbidden from pushing off this work another week or another day or even for another nanosecond like the blink of an eye. Because it's possible that by pushing it off for even the increments of time of a, of a, a blink of an eye will be the determining factor of if we stay, God forbid, or we leave in a geula. Until we leave in the complete geula. Hey. And this is the Haira that is relevant to all those who sit in the tent of Torah. Inclusive of Talmidim in Yeshivas. And all Jews that are privileged enough to find themselves in the basking in the light of Torah. If such a Jew sees that the spiritual situation of another Jew is not the way it should be. And for the other Jew, unfortunately, he's not privileged to have enough of the light of Torah. He should not delude himself into saying, well, I've done everything I can. I'm good. I've saved my life. Especially because all of us, all of B'nai Yisrael are literally one body. And so if one Jew is missing entire mitzvahs, then, then this Jew who thinks 
he's all good and all saved and all taken care of. No, he's also missing. And all of B'nai Yisrael are missing if one Jew is missing. HaTayr Meris al-B'nai Yisrael. The Torah says about B'nai Yisrael, at the very beginning of Parshas Nitzavim, Atem Nitzavim Hayayim Kulchem Lefnei Hashem Elekechem. All of you are standing today before God your God, Rashechem, Shiftechem, the heads of your of your Shvatim, of your tribes, etc., all the way to Mimecha, to the wood choppers and to the water carriers. Kasher Mamidim Chayolim Hamelech. When you gather or you 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 um, you put soldiers to parade before the king, before the commander. Hasederhu. So the way it is, the protocol is. That if one of the plain foot soldiers did not polish the buttons of his uniform enough, they're not shiny enough, then it's not just the soldier the foot soldier that's taken to task for this. But in the main, it's the general that's taken to task for the fact that the plain soldier is not dressed properly, is not comporting himself properly. The general is asked, why did you not properly instruct your soldiers, your troops? What's wrong with you? Why didn't you prepare the troops to know how they should be prepared properly to stand before the king? Yesh ladas Ephraim. So we have to know that we're always standing before Hashem. And Hatzviya, the demand on the part of Hashem and Hashem is not making demands only of the woodchoppers and the water carriers. On the contrary, the main demand of Hashem, Hashem demands in the main of the heads of the nation, of the Rabbim. And then they can't answer that they're busy with themselves. And when Jews will act properly as one body, all of us together, from the heads of the Shvatim, from the heads of the tribes, until those that chop the wood and carry the water, the iskayim, the aguda achas. And like we say in davening, on, on the yam nairayim, and we become one bundle. Azai niske kulanu Then we will all be zeche to do Hashem's will 
with a complete heart. And finally, we will come to the time where in the words of Zechariah Hanavi, Hashem will be one and his name will be one. I feel like this is the kind of sicha that we just simply have to hang on our refrigerator and, uh, and, and, just, and just remind ourselves every single day what the Rebbe wants from us. Every single day. It's the quintessential, you know Aleph, teach Aleph. You have something, share it, because it doesn't just belong to you. And, uh, and more than anything else, there is no place in the Rebbe's Torah for this attitude of, um, I'm good. I'm good. And the other thing is that paragraph where the Rebbe says, it can't be pushed off for a week or a day or even a moment. So often when the Rebbe um, answered letters or gave instruction, the Rebbe would write, Mohir, urgent, underlined once or twice. Urgent, urgent, urgent. Okay, it's your turn, everybody. Rivki, I had a question. I maybe I didn't hear right right at the end when you were translating about um, that the taina goes to the the officer in charge. So I think when you were translating Rashi Shiftechem, I thought you said the rebbeim. I did, and afterwards I thought to myself, I don't know if that's what it is, but Bishas Maisa, what I was thinking is. It almost seems it almost seems like the Rebbe is saying, if you foot soldiers are not acting properly, then the, the time is on me. The time is on the general. I don't know, but I'm I'm wondering if there's like something in between that. But like going back to that pasuk, Mesha Benu is saying it to the Yidden at right. right. He says Rashi Shiftechem, not right. Right. You're right. You're right. So, so that the the Rashi Shiftechem, the head of the tribe, that could be everybody be, being able to look at their own area of influence and their own area of responsibility. You're a hundred percent correct. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I thank you, thank you very much. That was that was wrong. You know, Bishas, I said it, and I was then, and then I was like. I don't know if this is correct, and I want to go back to that, and then I didn't. So you know, there is one of those, there's one of the, there's a clip, I can't remember who that I was speaking to, but I think it's in English, and um, the Rebbe is saying something, you have to do it because otherwise you'll be casting aspersions on my capacity as a teacher. Like, the Rebbe is smiling and saying it almost like, not quite tongue-in-cheek, but there, there's definitely some humor there. But there is the implication that the way that you take this forward will reflect on me. Oh, uh, definitely. And my Zayda always used to say that uh, that uh, Friedrich Rabbe gave him Schlichsen, and he would say that uh, that if you do it right, then then the Chachme will be attributed to will be attributed to you. But the Shtusim, the foolishness that you will do, that will be attributed to me. So do it right. Uh-huh. There's also there's the letter that um that the Rebbe sent to to my aunt to um Mrs. Gorelick, Bessie Gorelick, when she wrote about how she felt so inadequate in the shlichus that she did. She 
you know, she, I think she was teaching a sicha to a group of women and they asked for another. She taught another sicha and they asked for more and she had nothing. And she was traveling home, feeling all completely tzibrachim. How is it they wanted to learn more? And she wrote to the Rebbe, if you would have picked any of the, uh, my classmates in Beis Yaakov, they would have all done so much better and I'm so inadequate, et cetera. And the Rebbe answers something like to question yourself, to have doubts in yourself is to have doubts in me sent you, which I am sure you would not want to do. So, yeah. Yeah, that, but that responsibility is definitely there. Thank you. This is kind of like last week where you have Reuven and, and Yuda. Don't be just on yourself like Reuven. You have to be out there for others. Yeah. I think that we're so used to this as a matter of course that that we don't realize. <laughs> I mean, when when you when you talk to people in other communities, I have to have a lot of relatives, you know, in other in other communities, they live a parallel life. They live a different kind of life. And 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 it's not like they're not good to good to from a yidin, but but this imperative that you're not here just for yourself, and that that a moment can't get go by that you're not thinking what could you do. It's we don't we don't realize how it's so embedded in us, but it's it's radically different than any other way of living. I don't know what you do. I don't know if this is the place to introduce it, but I sometimes I'm like concerned sometimes for for younger for younger shluches especially, or younger younger women who are Baruch Hashem carrying a full load of family and children, and they're teaching and they're doing and they're thinking and they're busy. That sometimes this idea of the urgency um, it can be has to show distorted into <clears throat> excuse me into thinking that if I'm not you know perpetually moving like um like an octopus on steroids of you know push 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 every second that I'm somehow not fulfilling my purpose and I think that the idea of yeah we're firemen but firemen also have to even in the fire station they have to sleep and they have to eat and they have to relax a little bit so that it's not, I think, I think it's a Hayyam Yayim of, um, I think it's Ches Ir, where the Rebbe is talking about Shliach in the very broad sense of Shliach, I think, you know, how every person should see themselves, but that every, you have that mindset that everything that you do becomes part of that eating and sleeping. And so that, that the idea of feeling the urgency um, is something that has to be applied very um, with with seichel because you, you don't want it to become another club that we beat ourselves up with. That is not, not a good thing. So I'm well two thoughts because I think Vivi what you what you what you're talking about is, is so very important. But Elisheva just mentioned um, last week Sikha Rubin and 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 Yehuda. 
Right. And um, I, I, I was traveling a lot, so I didn't have a chance to, to look this up. But my husband told me he is certain and he's he's looking for this, that there are other sikhs where the Rebbe talks about the imperative of, of balancing the Yehuda and the Reuven, the inner and what has to be done for the outer. And both have to be done with urgency. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded of something. I was I was so privileged to have uh, Mora uh, Rebetzin Sapora Heller as not um, not Sapora you know Heller, <laughs> Heller as a teacher. Uh, you know how they say that the young is wasted. The, the youth is wasted on the young. You know was You know, but I remember distinctly her standing in front of the classroom and she was talking about how you have to get up in the morning and you have to see what is most urgently calling your name. And that's what you have to attend to. And it's not going to be the same. Every morning, it's going to be something else. One morning, it's going to be, you have to take a child to the doctor. And one morning, it's going to be that you have to go to school. And she was in school every morning. Uh, but I'm I'm sure she took care of urgent matters uh, in her home. It was very clear to me that she, that she did and that she was teaching us to do the same. So I think that, Vivi, what you're, what you're bringing up is, is very, very important. Okay. Um, Rifki. Yes. A good last, last this this week, this sikha that I was talking about, obviously, Cyril, towards um, those that live even so far away that we have no, or their mentality or their lifestyle is so far away that we have nothing even to do with them. But last, and last week that I was spoke about the obviously, Cyril, of a brother, of a daughter in law, of two children, right? It was also obviously Yisrael that Ebba spoke about of last week and of this week. So all of it falls under the category of Avas Yisrael for a mother, for a woman. And I was reminded when a Shabbos, I went over the Sicha and I'd like to share this. Now we're talking about this of a, of a, of a Yechidus Klolis that I was at years ago by the Rebbe. And in the middle of the sicha that the Rebbe was talking to the individuals who were there for the Yechidus was a full room. So you don't know who the Rebbe is mentioning for each thing. The Rebbe says that if a woman who cannot have biological children, who doesn't have biological children, the, the thing for her to do is to find spiritual children. Not putting on film, not having an aliyah. Because if that's what the Ebrister wanted most, it would be everyone's mitzvah. But for the woman to find children, and there's always somebody that needs a good word, a meal, spiritual counseling, that is what the Abishta wants. That's the topic of a woman. And do you know what year this was? Yes, what? yes. I was in a Yechidas. I had brought in a mother and son, a young boy who was coming in for, um, for Brits was coming to have a bris and they allowed me to bring them in, uh, come in for this yechidus. And that I spoke about a bris at the time, but that, uh, yes, I was standing there. I couldn't, it blew me away. <clears throat> and when you realize last week, when we were doing it, that a woman does obviously stroll all the time, all her mitzvahs, Shabbos, Kashras, and Taras, and Shpacha is always for someone else. Shombais isn't for a single, it has to be someone else involved. Okay, um, 
lighting Shabbos candles, even though we do it when we're single too. But it's the idea is to bring light to the world or to use it, whatever. Um, to your home. Others, for the home. Kashrus, the home. Kashrus is for others. Tarsim Shpacha for sure. Okay. And that's the connection of the Ace Rotson. The, the biggest mitzvah uh, that I wrote last week in the Sicha, there was said, <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm coughing, is that obviously Israel is called Tarikula. That's what Hill said. By a woman, that is our entire tafkid. The fact, but uh, putting on film and wearing tits, it's an unbelievable mitzvah. I'm not negating anything, but it's for themselves, like Limotaira, unless you use Limotaira for others too. But a woman's entire being is for them. And the Rebbe said, if you have the time, don't look to do a man's mitzvah. Don't look for film. Find someone that you can parent. Spiritual nurture was what the Rebbe meant. <clears throat> but he put it on the category of parenting. And, and so last week, Sichai thought, wait a minute. We're talking about his own children. We're talking about his, their brother. We're not talking about from the people of Alvis Yisrael here. Today, we're talking about people that we don't know. So when I'm, when, even if what you're talking about, you're right. Sometimes we run ourselves ragged thinking of what, what we think we have to do because it has to be done. Nevertheless, we also have to consider it. This is all under the category of a sisral. This is kolatara kumai. We live it. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Okay, wishing everybody a week filled with every good thing. It should come by and Hanir Vahanigla Abishter because the Rebbe wanted Mahir urgently that you should already take us out of this gullus. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.